Hi everyone, it's the third episode of the Confused Dad podcast. I think it's the third episode. It's uh, <laughs> it's hard to keep track time. Time is such an interesting thing when you no longer have a kind of work schedule um, which is so very defined. Something which I'm finding interesting is how days pass and and so far a couple of weeks have gone by. Obviously the last couple of weeks after having lost my job those were relatively traumatic and so i think in trauma time can either compress or it can uh completely expand into this kind of long drawn out painful experience and i think i've had days where they were compressed days and they were also expanded days but now it's become interesting because you don't have this complete defined state dictated to you by by sort of external forces from yourself like yes i don't wake up at 11 in the morning or 12 in the morning obviously in the afternoon i um i kind of i kind of still have a have a a natural rhythm which i'm used to but there isn't this kind of overbearing segmentation of the day which has been interesting obviously as time goes on i would like to put in place a certain loose schedule for things that need to get done and include my son in those so that there's a sense that we we have a a cadence to the day i think i think human beings do need that and i say that very loosely because i don't really know but thus far it's been interesting to see how time has felt it's been difficult to keep track of the days it's been difficult to know which day of the week it is when i've recorded something or whether i did or didn't upload it it's it's been harder to keep track of those things. I have been working on something on the side. Uh, my hope is to be able to run a little online venture, little business on the side that will at least uh, sustain itself and at best bring bring a little bit of extra income into the family. Um, I'll expand on that at some later stage when when it is a little bit more established. In the meantime, I um, had a great uh, opportunity this morning. I just thought I'd put out a topic for discussion out on the app, on the Anchor application. And lo and behold, someone out there wanted to talk about losing their job. It wasn't directly related to that, but I think that's going to be a segment I'd like to add to the show. I think there's something, I think it's so, we're so underwhelmed nowadays with the development of technology and we just take for granted the fact. I mean, it used to be that, you know, phoning someone over Skype was an incredible concept when you could phone someone anywhere in the world and they would speak to you in real time and it wouldn't cost you anything. But the fact that I can put out a topic and there's someone out there who wants to discuss it for 15 minutes at a stretch, this is friggin' awesome. And I'm going to play that to you so you can you can hear um, a little bit of that conversation, which was really, really awesome. And I'm really humbled that I had the opportunity to talk to someone, um, someone who had who, who was on this very day celebrating their one-year work-from-home anniversary. So that was really awesome. Um, check them out. They're also starting on the platform. Um, and it was a really great opportunity, and I'd like to do that more. So here is that clip. day so on a Saturday okay. that sounds like the exact same thing I hear to the regular day which is funny. <laughs> and you you uh you work from home now 
you, you recently have started working from home or have you always worked from home? So I've actually been working from home for about a year now. Actually, it's, it's actually weird, actually. I, today is my one-year anniversary of working at the company I work at <laughs> that allows me to work from home. So yay me. Okay, congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Love it, love it, love it. It's a wonderful place. Uh, I think it's probably why I was, might have been why I was slightly drawn to this whole, uh, I think it, I saw the little, uh, what is it called? The little, uh, the little suggestion topic suggestion. I said I lost my job. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, I was there before for like four years. We're not like four years. So I, I was, I, I was, I was a contractor for about four years. And it's very, okay. very, um, it's a very, very unstable life. And mm. so today is kind of an important day because I went through that and it was weird. And it's just, this is the first time I've had a stable situation for this long. So losing my job, sure. I totally get, but I don't know. Does that make sense? It, it makes it it makes a lot of sense um i recently in the last two weeks i've i've um i was in education for 12 years um okay. as a teacher and then in the last couple of years as a principal for a very small alternative school okay and um strangely as luck would have it um my my success or, or being able to build the school up it it, it was run through a a committee of of parents and myself Mm-hmm. And these parents came, they, they came together and decided that I was basically redundant in so far as they didn't see a need for me to be there. Wow. And I almost caused, I think I caused my own redundancy because I put measures in effective enough to run fairly smoothly. And because they, they, they come from the same kind of background, the same mm-hmm. kind of income bracket, I think they all, I'm, I'm not part of that world. It's in, in, in South yeah. Africa, which is where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's obviously a big disparity between uh, independent schools, which is what ours was, mm-hmm. um, and and that kind of uh, financial world. And and most teachers are not in that world. They they teach in schools they could never afford to send their own children mm-hmm. to. So to to I was um, beautifully surprised to be included in a meeting that I was never told told about, and then told that basically my position is now redundant and I need to leave which was for the last couple of weeks, a very difficult place in terms of my own identity wow. and uh, a sense of loss over eight years of, of dedicating my life to a space I was building for my own son. Wow. And that really rocked me in, in many ways. So now I'm sort of picking up the pieces and deciding to stay home with, with my son for now and mm-hmm. seeing how to create a different type of framework. My wife is also a teacher, mm-hmm. but she's at a different school, a public school. Mm-hmm. So it's been, a, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. Wow. He said a couple of interesting things to me that I, that I really stood out to me. You, you, you said basically essentially something about reshaping your identity, which I thought was really nice. And which, mm. I think it's definitely like a huge part, a huge, how do I say it? A huge thing when it comes to jobs, I think. At one point, I think I used to, uh, like my first job out of college, I lost after like two years and it was like weird as all hell. And I had realized that I had kind of made my identity about that place. And I realized that there were more important things. And mind you, this is like yeah. me, me at like 20, what was I, 24, 27 now? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I love it. So how has it been at home with your, with your kids? Is it one or is it more than one? It's just, it's just one, my, my boy, okay. he's five years old. He's a, he's a really cool dude. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reason why, the reason why I started the school in the first place was so that he could be alongside myself. Yeah. Um, the, the the notion of dropping my child off and I did have to do that for the first year or so. It it never felt right for me. It felt 
sort of evolutionarily wrong to sort right. of put your child somewhere else go in the opposite direction. Right. I don't think we did that when we, you know, had to protect them from the wolves and live in caves. We never put them sort of far away from us and it never felt right for either of us. So this is sort of an interesting, we have to discover each other in a different way. Mm -hmm. Now that we're spending entire days together, mm -hmm. um, we have to, a new type of ebb and flow. There's things to be done that, you know, there's, there's stuff to do around the house. There's, there's things where I have to take time to, to pursue certain, certain possible avenues for work. And, and he sort of is tagging along and we're sort of learning each other's sort of flows, which, which has been really interesting um, to, yeah, it's been very, very interesting. Um, but it. like you say, there's, yeah, there's, I'm, I'm 35 now. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's this, sort of, you almost, you, you become, you become the things you, you do on a daily basis. So you start right. thinking of yourself as teacher or as principal mm -hmm. or as personal trainer or whatever may be the mm -hmm. case. And when that's removed, you realize you're still human right. and you're still alive right. and you're still sort of, I don't know, you, you can still laugh and you can still cry. And, but you think, you think that what you do is what you right. are. And that for me really rocked me. Right. It's really rocked me to go. I don't, right. I don't want to be in education anymore. I totally that's do. the sad bit is that, you know, it hurt, it hurt me enough to go, okay, I'm kind of done. Right. I'm done with it. It's funny. It seems like you, you hit this place where you're like, who am I? Who am I really? I, I'm, mm. I love that. I love that thought process. It's, it's so true, actually. Actually, that is like, you're like rocking and, my and mind right now. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> also, also when, you, when, you, when you start realizing that a lot of the, the acquisition of, of objects and material goods is just so that you don't feel nervous about living anymore. It's like you start saying, okay, when I become the principal, then I'll be okay. And then I'll be more creative and I'll have more time to pursue things. And then you become that. And then you go, no, no, I, I, if I put a few more things in place, then it's almost like it's how Apple, it's how Apple does it so well. It's like you get the iPad, then you'll become the musician. Right. You get the iPad and the, and the magic pencil, and then you'll be the artist. The point is you haven't drawn or made music right. in the last five years. Right. No, no iPad is going to save you. It's just because you're afraid Absolutely. to create. Right. And I think in education, you get locked in where you're the teacher and you're not a person. You can't have an opinion, right. uh, especially about topics like you know politics or whatever. You can't actually be... You can't be controversial. You have right. to kind of be lukewarm right. you in your approach to life. Yeah. That's it. And you can't just be human in many ways. And, and that for me, I'm realizing like, hey, I can, I can just have a conversation with you now where I would never have done that if I was, oh my gosh, what if this makes it out into the world and I'm the teacher to children and I've had an opinion right. about teachers. Like, God, limiting me feel like me. that must be crazy. Like, yeah. But you only realize it in contrast. Right, right, you right. don't know it when you're in it. Right. I think I'm, that's like, God, you got so many thoughts going to my head. I think that's like why, God, like, okay. I am like, you got me really thinking now because I totally agree with like everything you just said. I'm like, oh my God. He's like, you, you remind me of me in a sense when I start ranting to my friends. I just like go off and I start talking about what happiness is really supposed to be like and how a freedom to kind of, you know, have your own, um, I guess outlet or creative outlet or whatever that may be is like really super important, which I'm actually glad that you're like doing this. I see this confused dad and a little icon and stuff like that, which it's honestly after two weeks, this sounds like you were like really, really adjusted. <laughs> and it's, which is really nice, which means that you must've like, this might've been coming and you were happy about it, which I'm loving. Um, that, is, that is, that is very interesting in that. I think, I think, 
it's really strange and I suppose your own viewpoints may differ where people believe that the universe is sort of predestined and all oh, of those yeah. things or not and it's random. Either way, it's like you kind of know in your gut the truth and that truth is one where you can't escape it and no matter how much stuff you buy, right. which is often the only reason we kind of get up in the morning is just to buy more stuff. Right. It's really strange. When you can't because you don't know where your next paycheck's coming right. from. You start slowing down and you start saying, well, what I have is actually good enough and I'd like to use the little I have to spend time with my child as opposed to, well, let's go out and go get that next thing. You start going, hold on, this is all right. We, we're still a family right. irrespective of buying the next gadget. Right. And that for me has been really, really liberating is to go, wow, I've really, I've really confused things. And that, that money or, or, or having financial wealth and happiness, those are mutually not, a, they're, no. they're not necessarily connected in any way, shape yeah, or form. Yes, if you can't, I really don't think they're connected. If you can't buy food, obviously, yes. Yeah. But if you're living above the blue line, then it, it's not going to make that much difference if you have a Honda or a Mercedes. Right. It really isn't. And honestly, these days, those cars are all very nice looking on the outside. So, yeah. And a Honda lasts That's longer true. and the maintenance on it is way less. I'll, I'm living proof <laughs> of that. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. You know, it's very true. And, yeah, no, go ahead. So, no, I was going to say, speaking of just like cars and like material wealth, one of the biggest lessons I think I've learned in my life um, is just that like, how do I say this? I, okay, so I say, I'll tell you about this. I, I'll tell, tell this one quick story. So at one point in my life before I was doing what I'm doing now, I was working as an Uber driver um, in, in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, in the U.S. for, like, I think I did it like eight months. And like, I met all kinds of people walking, driving them around. I, and one of the people, I guess the, the groups of people that really made the most biggest impact on me were the people who I was taking to these really huge, amazing houses. And like, I remember yeah. this day where I walked by this, I mean, not walked by, sorry, drove by this really huge house. It was like the biggest house on, on the street, particular street. Now, mind you, might not have, maybe not the biggest house I've ever seen, but it was the biggest house on the particular street. But I looked in the, I looked and they had a, they had a huge gate. And I saw about five or six cars in the driveway and I'm looking at it and every single car is just a normal car. It is just, I see a Toyota, I see a Scion, just all basic cars. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell? If I, if I look at TV and I look at any music artist or celebrity, I think that you're supposed to be driving a Range Rover, a, like a, I don't know, a, a Mercedes Benz truck or whatever those things are. And all these things that I'm looking in this driveway and I'm like, these people must know something that I don't know. Or some a lot of people don't know that you don't need to have, it might be more important to these people maybe that they have a nice house to live in, or maybe, you know, a decent amount of money in the bank or whatever. Or maybe these, this family can send their kids to the best schools in the country than like buying the best cars. Yeah. And I'm like, this is awesome. And then I used to, I used to also at one point work at a hotel where I was a host. Um, at a really, you know, pretty hip hotel, the W, one of the W hotel locations. And I'm, I meet these people and they're telling me about saving money. This lady, I'll never forget it. She told me about how she, she told me about saving money and about how, you know, she was telling me, encouraging me at the time. I, I didn't want to listen, but she was like, you should drive your beat up college car until the wheels fall off. And I was like, what do you mean? I want a new car. As soon as I get one, she's like, no, save your money. Do this. You don't need any of that. And I mean, and I, and I, and I think about it, I thought about it then it wasn't necessarily listening, but I was, cause I was like, I want what I want. But nowadays I'm just like, I live a very way more chill of a life where I don't have to, I don't think about those things as much, which is so freeing, yeah. so freeing. It is. It is. Because I think it starts, it starts with working on self though. Right. Because I, 
I heard this lovely quote yesterday. It was really beautiful. I'm going to get it wrong now, but the the discussion was around um, what you are and how and 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 who you are. And the, the quote goes something like this, and and that is, you you I am not who I think I am, mm-hmm. and I am not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. Right. Which for me is like wow. Was like I, I, that just blew me. I'm what? I've been chewing on that for a while. What? Because because the, the whole idea of you are being the version of the person you think others right. think. You you think that others think a certain way and then you become that. But you try to keep up with it too. And they're not even thinking that because you can't actually know. It's impossible. Right. So you might think a person sees you in a certain way, but that perception is what you live. Right. And the same thing of being a a teacher or a parent or whatever, you start living in a way that you perceive others think. You, you think their perceptions are what defines you. And that becomes, it's, it's, not, their, it's not really them. It's your version right. of what you think they are thinking, which is for me, like, yeah, at 35 now, is, <laughs> it, it definitely makes sense that I was being a version of myself that I thought other people, I thought other people were thinking of me. And it's, yeah, it's just very, it's just pretty cool to be able to not be in that space right. any longer. So just free yourself from that whole yeah. thing. That's it. Unhook and just go, okay, where the chips fall at the moment, right. they're going to fall. And, and at worst case scenario, I have work, more time with my family, right. which isn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm more connected to the world and I don't have to worry about where my next Apple watch is coming from. <laughs> that's okay. Right. That's totally okay. Like that's first world problems. And the fact that I live in South Africa, you know, what really struck me was that I now look at people with less, uh-huh. with so much more and understanding, not because I'm living in any way as hard a life as them, but I'm just getting a taste of when you start having to think, wow, should I choose to buy the more expensive food or the less expensive food? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and most people around here don't even have food. So I'm right. starting to realize that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's it, man. But I see we, our maximum recording time is 15 minutes, so we can definitely wrap this up. And I really appreciate that I got a chance to speak to you. It's been yeah, really no, good. You, I, this is my, I just kind of opened up the app and hit a button, so this is really awesome. I might have to do this a, a, like way more because I like to talk. I like to talk. <laughs> so <laughs> I just caught that. But, Thank like, you so this, this is Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, how I, I don't know. Maybe hopefully we can connect again. I guess this was this is wonderful. Absolutely, we can. We can. We can definitely. Uh, I can follow you, and I'll, I'll listen to what you're putting out. Mm-hmm. So thanks so much, man. I really appreciated talking to you. Same here. Awesome, man. All right, you have a good one. And that was my conversation with someone on the other side of the world, who just wanted to connect. And to me, that's incredible. I'm I'm also finding there's some. I've relatively recently discovered this idea that perhaps opening myself up and connecting with other people is valuable in some personal way for me. Um, My life and the way that I've lived it thus far has seen me as outside of a social network or framework of friends. And that has been a choice. Um, I think one doesn't choose to alienate oneself or live on the fringes, so to speak, of social interaction. I've just never really been that way inclined. I don't think Um, that we should put people that are social butterflies in any higher status than someone who likes to be with themselves. But I have started noticing that I, I would like to connect with people more now that I am finding out about myself. 
and when I was at my most productive, so to speak, there's almost like this sense of needing to not connect because it slows you down or it strips you of your productive edge, something like that. I don't know what it is, but I'm 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 finding that I'm slowly I'm slowing down a little more to connect with people. The other day, for example, there was an an old gentleman who walked past me. I was sitting on on a bench in the center of a mall. Um, malls don't put too many of these around because they prefer you to shop. But for some reason, there's there was this bench, and I was sitting down, feeling quite sort of low. And this old man sort of walked past. He had a walking stick. He walked past, and he turned to me, and he started talking about. I was writing with a pen, uh, and, and then I had the, the the cap of the pen um, in my mouth. And he said, oh, I noticed you had this uh, this plastic cap in your mouth. I thought it was a cigarette. And he then carried on talking about how he had been a smoker for 30 plus years, and he'd recently given it up. And he's very happy about it, and he sort of reminisced. And there was just this moment of the old me, or the version of me at full tilt, at full productivity, I would have tried to get out of that conversation as quick as possible. I would have wanted to move on. I would have made it, I would have been polite and matter of fact about it, but I wouldn't have sat and looked and and tried to connect. And I noticed that this this gentleman just wanted to connect with someone. And then he proceeded to tell me a, a joke, some clever little wordplay about cigarettes and uh, he, he probably told that story hundreds and hundreds of times throughout his life, but I had a feeling that the people he told, most of those are all gone now, and that for a brief moment there was an exchange, an acknowledgement that we both needed to connect, him many years my senior and me many years his junior, but we both just needed to know that there was somebody listening, someone who was present for our existence, and there was something soft and gentle about that. And I'd like to open myself up for more of those kinds of experiences because I think it teaches me something about myself. And it shows me that I also have got uh, nervousness or anxiety around being able to connect with other people. And ultimately, discovering more about myself is going to require me to work through that difficult part, which is the part that scares me, which is having to learn about myself in ways that are not hard, that are not harsh, that are not superficial, that are respectful towards me. I have to learn how to respect myself in the process and not treat myself like some kind of thing that needs to be fixed. So that'll be very interesting, but until next time, until tomorrow, oh, and I've recently started ironing. There is a lot of ironing to be done. And in South Africa, if you're listening from outside of South Africa, it is not unusual to have uh, help in the home to do these kinds of tasks, menial, uh, I suppose to be called menial or, or sort of, I don't know, um, practical tasks, cleaning a home and washing the floors and ironing clothing and so on. And up until recently, we've had help with the ironing. The ironing is one of those things that just takes hours and hours and hours. And I've recently started ironing because who's going to do it now? We no longer are interested in paying for that because we want to conserve our money. So 
it's been great to rediscover a skill that I had when I was a student, which is ironing clothes. And there's something quite noble in that, in being able to do so. I like to clean in general, and I have a particular obsession with vacuum cleaners. I really love, love vacuum cleaners. Yeah, that's just one of the many strange little things about me. But ironing, there's something, or or sewing, or I don't know, cleaning a floor, or washing something. There's something that keeps you, an element of that keeps you connected to yourself. And I think it's important to introduce those elements to your life, even if you have all the help in the world, that you can still... You can still clean the home before that person arrives to clean the house. I know that sounds really ridiculous, but there's something honorable about being able to do that. Since time immemorial, human beings have sort of swept out their caves and kept their castles clean. And the more money you have, the more you have done for you at the ultimate level. Obviously, you have like a king and queen who has everything done for them, including putting on their clothing and, I don't know, testing their food for poison. Some of those things were productive and made sense, but losing connection to being able to do basic physical work um, tasks, I think there's something detrimental in that, especially for your children as well, that they can see, hey, dad can actually iron a damn shirt. That's okay. So yeah, that's the challenge for for you, is find something like that and start doing it around the house. Start doing it. It's pretty amazing to know that you're quite capable as a human being. So until next time, thank you for listening to this episode. And if you have any comments, feel free to share those with me um, through the app or through finding me on Facebook um, or just emailing me at confuseddads at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear from you. So until then, goodbye.